This is episode 148, special series, The Obstacles to Gratitude, part four. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is the Dance of Life podcast. Every week, my goal is to inspire you to take action towards what you love, live a transformed life, and enjoy the journey there. Are you ready? Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me in the fourth episode of this four-part series on obstacles. You know, if you haven't gotten a chance to check out the other episode, make sure you guys go and check that out. It's a lot of really, really good info in there, but we're basically unpacking the eight major obstacles that you are most likely to face on a daily basis uh, throughout your life that will take you away from being able to appreciate. They'll take you away from happiness, from success, from creativity, love, connection, anything you want to put in there that's positive. These obstacles are what's going to take you away from it. So in the book that I just released, which is The Gratitude Map, you know, I, I put all these eight obstacles into a, a scary little place called the swamp. You know, it's this nasty, dark place. But really, it's just a, a visual metaphor for a state of mind, a state of being. You know, when we're in the swamp, nothing's possible. Nothing is creative. Nothing is vibrating at a high level. It's just a it's just a negative state of being, and we and we have a risk of entering that state every day. You know, we can wander off the beaten path, uh, depending on again all these obstacles I'm going to share with you. Different ways that that can get us in there. So again, fatigue was one of them. Being preoccupied, uh, complaining, something happens to you where you lose something, so you get in scarcity mode. You know, so all that kind of stuff is constantly happening every day. You know, so being able to flag these experiences and say, hey, wait a minute, I'm not going to wander down that path. Uh, Because, you know, like if you were in an actual territory and you were walking around, it would be very clear to you like, okay, I'm not going to walk into that swamp. That looks dangerous. It looks dark. I'm not going to do that. And, And that's the advantage we have with space in the sense that like space and time and physical reality. And that's, that's an interesting idea because in your mind, this is the danger and why the mind is such a rascal because the mind is invisible. You know, it's a, it's this invisible matrix of information that, you know, you can't tell if you're going down the swamp or not. There's no sign that says, hey, warning, you're entering complaining zone, like this is not good for you, unless you really build the practice. That's what it all comes down to is practice, continual, continual practice. All these episodes I'm sharing with you, they're, they're unpacking some very vital ideas, but look, at the end of the day, um, you got to be able to practice. you got to practice. And part of that practice is just continual everyday reminding yourself. You know, I created a Facebook group called Daily Gratitude Practice. Um, at, right now, at the time of this recording, it's got like almost 400 people in it. So it's really cool. Everybody's sharing those daily gratitude challenges, little reminders, little quotes and stuff. Very positive community. People are constantly interacting. Great place to continually remind yourself. Another way is to actual work that you're doing. You know, I, on my website, you've got a free PDF workbook, some audio lessons that you can check out to get you jump started to start practicing this stuff. Again, the book that I wrote, The Gratitude Map, that comes with a ton of stuff, of a PDF workbook to help you create a, a, your own custom daily gratitude practice routine. And we're going to be getting into that. And the next week, we're going to start uh, a bigger series on the 12 habits for being grateful. So really simple but powerful techniques and habits with specific suggestions. I'm going to start breaking that down next week. So I'm super excited for that. A lot of great info. But again, it all comes down to practice. 
All these things are designed to prime your awareness so that you can start developing that barometer and say, oh, wait a minute, I'm I'm getting too far off the beaten path here. I'm starting to complain or I'm starting to, to get in scarcity mode. Or in this case, today we're talking about attachment and cynicism. These are the last two obstacles in the swamp. And uh, cynicism in many ways is probably the most dangerous. And we're going to get into that. Why is that? But again, it all comes down to practice. So today I have a quote for you. It's our final quote on obstacles by Deepak Chopra. It's short and sweet. It says, obstacles are opportunities in disguise. And the reason I chose that quote, I love that quote against by Deepak Chopra, it is that ultimately, as negative and as crazy and all this stuff sounds, there's always a silver lining. And that silver lining is that obstacles are gifts in disguise. You know, as Deepak Chopra said, opportunities, it's the same thing, you know. So the gifts that they have to offer us is a reminder to do the opposite, right? So for example, last episode, we talked about scarcity and complaining and how those are ultimately when our heart is hurt, when we're afraid and we start pulling in and we start getting smaller and we vocalize that smallness. The antidote to that is to do the opposite, is to be courageous, to open up, to take a risk, to be vulnerable, to be authentic. And so that's the opposite. So today, as we talk about attachment and cynicism, you know, we look at what they are and why are they obstacles and what can they give us in terms of a reminder as gifts and things that we need to practice basically to to navigate out of these situations to remind us of good habits. So attachment is, we'll start with that one. It's, the attachment is a simple idea that your mind gets attached to expectations, right? So it's the formation of expectations. So the same power that our mind has to project the future, to anticipate, to visualize, to to plan, to create all these useful things that we need to create a, a beautiful life. Unfortunately, it's a double-edged blade. You know, it's like a scalpel any or any tool. Any tool is just a tool. Whether it's a knife, a gun, a scalpel, a butter, a butter knife, a spoon, doesn't matter. It's a shovel. A tool is a tool. It's the consciousness that is handling that tool, whether it's skilled, whether it's, you know, evil, whether it's has good intention or not, that's what really determines the outcome. So the same is with your mind. You know, your mind is a very powerful tool. It's the strong, I call it the strongest thing in the world. If you remember this episode from uh, several months ago, what we talked about is that life is change. Life is constantly impermanent. Nothing can resist change. If you look at the universe, nothing is still. Literally everything is constantly vibrating and changing and moving. But the funny thing is that the mind, because it doesn't have a physical location, it can resist change. Like you can put something in your mind, a thought, an idea, a belief, whether it's positive or negative, and that can just sit there and resist changing from moment to moment. It can be permanent. That's why I call it the strongest thing in the world because that permanence, its ability to create that permanence is so powerful. Like nothing can withstand change, but yet the mind can stick onto something and keep that consistent regardless of all these changes. Now, that can be either for you or against you. And that's why I call it the strongest thing in the world because ultimately, uh, if it's working against you and you have this limiting belief or you have a a toxic belief or, or something negative, uh, then imagine how powerful that effect is on your life. Likewise, if you're thinking positively and you have something very positive and inspiring that you believe in, also how powerful that is on your life. So attachment 
is really, when I say attachment is an obstacle, attachment in the sense of being attached to something not productive. Because attachment, you can be attached to something very positive in that sense. You know, you really fixated on, on achieving that positive thing. But what, what we mean about attachment is, is this negative sense of basically ex- expectation, and it has to be a certain way, and then when it doesn't, uh, then, you know, we get our emotions involved and get upset and all those things. So that's a normal part of the human experience. And it's just our, our judging nature of the mind. So when we have expectations as a result of attachment, that prevents us from being grateful, from being happy, from being fulfilled. Uh, because we're hanging on to something as it should have happened, but reality happened in a different way. And we haven't reconciled those two pictures. So this is where some of these kind of relate to those first episodes. Again, if you haven't had a chance to, go check out. But the first episode, we talk about inherent nature and acceptance and accepting the natural changes of life and aligning with it. You know, So when you have a misalignment in your mind between what's happened and what you expected, that cognitive dissonance, it's called, that misalignment, prevents you from being happy because the mind cannot live in a dissonant state. So it's constantly trying to get rid of that experience and get certainty in some way to align those pictures. Now, most of the time, the problem is that that alignment happens by complaining because that's the quickest option is just say, okay, I'm going to just blame something and now I have an explanation for it. Now those two pictures are aligned, but they're not really aligned. They're just kind of makeshift aligned to get rid of the work that it would take to actually align them, you know, because sometimes when, especially if something's really important to you, and it doesn't go the way as you planned, you know, we, we want an explanation. We want to understand why. And that's not always very easy to figure out. So that's a very challenging process that the mind has to go through. And what one thing that I've learned in, in this whole process of coaching people, coaching myself, you know, going through different experiences, seminars, being a professional athlete, you know, we especially in my field of, of competitive athletics, you know, especially because it's subjective. Uh, it's a subjective type of competition. There's no finish line. I've had to deal with attachment quite a lot. And in the sense of like, okay, I, I expect a particular level of performance. I expect a particular mark and I don't get it. And when I see that I don't get it, but then there's no explanation for why, because again, it's all subjective. It's an art form. Uh, that whole little microcosm has taught me a lot about dealing with attachment, dealing with my own expectations, dealing with, and there's a lot of things that I can share with you in that respect. You know, one of them uh, is these five steps to forgiveness and and really more like the the purpose of forgiveness in your life, actually. Let me put it that way. There's There's five different ways that we can access forgiveness in our life. And I go into those in detail in one of the courses that you get through the gratitude map. And, you know, I'll give you a a little hint of it. You know, part of it is basically seeing that forgiveness is related to your health, that forgiveness is something that you're not obligated to act on. So when we forgive, it's not, you know, I don't have to do anything if I forgive. I just have to let go. Forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. You know, so there's different ways that we unpack that. But my whole point here actually is to mention that forgiveness is the key variable, the key opposite that rebalances us when we experience attachment. When you experience attachment, you're hanging on to something. You have, if your mind is is a cup, then it's full of whatever that something is. So when you forgive, forgiveness is not just between interpersonal drama 
It could be forgiving yourself. It could be forgiving the world for being chaotic that day. If it can be forgiving other people, whatever else. So when we forgive, we dump that liquid out, whatever is in there, water, juice, you know, black tea, I don't care what coffee. <laughs> so whatever is in there, you dump it out through forgiveness, which allows you again to be present. Because if you have something in that cup, if you're constantly obsessing about what happened, you know, there's this old story of these two monks. I'll share it with you right now. It's it's an old Zen story where there are two monks and they're walking and they see this uh, woman by a river and she can't cross the river. So the older monk, there's a younger monk and an older monk. The older monk picks her up and takes her across the river and sets her down. And then they keep walking. You know, the, the monks say goodbye and they keep walking. But they're walking in silence. The younger monk doesn't really talk to the older monk and you can tell he's frustrated. And after a while, the younger monk just kind of stops and says, hey, you know what? I can't take this anymore. Like, you very know, you know, you know very well that you can't touch women. That's that's our rules. That's our discipline. Like, why did you do that? That's wrong. All this kind of stuff. You know, he's judging the monk. And the older monk looks at him and says, you know, I picked her up and I set her down on the other side of the river. You, on the other hand, have carried her this whole time. And so that little co- you know, microcosm of a story is very, very profound because we carry things with our minds how often do you carry something with you and you add to that from another thing that happened that you didn't expect or, you know, you were attached to something. You know, how many of these attachments we carry with us throughout our day and how they contribute to fatigue and scarcity and all these other obstacles, they all interact with each other and they make each other worse. So when we look at forgiveness as the antidote to attachment, it is the sense that we have, it's just letting go. There's nothing you do. There's nothing you condone. That's one of the other five steps that I go into. Um, the, the course, by, by the way, it's called Principles for a Dynamic Life. It's like literally over 130 life lessons that I've put in this course. It's it's a phenomenal thing. I'm super proud of it, guys. Check it out. You can get it for a super discounted rate if you go through the Gratitude Map site. But one of the topics there when we start talking about the section on success is this idea of forgiveness. And I go into detail breaking down. There's like handouts. There's a lot of added resources and stuff. Each lesson is jam-packed with information. One of them is on forgiveness. And those five steps, I go into the detail in in that lesson. But again, one of those five steps is this idea that, you know, you don't condone somebody else's behavior when you forgive. You're not agreeing or condoning. There's no judgment. You know, it's not about judging. It is about relinquishing the, uh, the, the responsibility of judgment in the first place. So there's a very important difference there. When you forgive, you are letting go of having to make a judgment. Because when you make a judgment, whether you're making a judgment a good or positive, you are getting into this duality of judgment and justification. That's why it feels, that's why we have this misconception about forgiveness in the sense that let's say we deal with a person and I am dealing with forgiving a person. And we say, well, I don't want to forgive him because then that's just going to make it right. You know, it's like, well, it has nothing to do with that. It's not about making, you're not judging that person's action as being right. You are letting go of having to be involved in carrying a judgment in the first place. So that's a very important distinction because you're letting go of having to carry that attachment of whether it was right or wrong in the first place and just freeing up your mental space to enjoy the present moment. Whatever happened, happened in the past. Again, whether it's the world, people in your life, you know, whatever else, technology, God, I can only tell you how many times technology has has challenged me to practice forgiveness, <laughs> you know, especially in the last couple of weeks with everything I've created. But 
you know, forgiveness is something we have to continually employ to avoid attachment, to navigate out of attachment. So the second obstacle, the final obstacle that I'm going to talk to you about today is cynicism. So cynicism is not to be confused with skepticism. And skepticism is healthy questioning. It's using your reason. It's, you know, having a healthy level of doubt. There's definitely use to that. There's a productive use to that. But what I'm talking about when I say cynicism, it is this state of being. So it's an obstacle. It's an interesting obstacle because cynicism is not all these other obstacles that we've talked about, preoccupation, complaining, uh, fatigue, attachment, all these different things. There are things that you experience immediately. But cynicism is an exception to the rule in the sense that it is an obstacle that you experience over the course of a longer period of time. Like one thing doesn't happen to you, generally speaking, and you suddenly get cynical about all of life. It is the accumulation of allowing yourself to have these destructive freedoms, to be tired, to complain, to get attached to things, you know, all these obstacles over the course to be preoccupied. Uh, it is the accumulation of those things. So cynicism sort of encompasses the entire swamp in a sense, uh, because when you're cynical, it already presumes that you've been cynical for a little while. So that's that's the plus and the minus side, meaning that if you do a good job of monitoring yourself, you won't get cynical. If you do have a good gratitude practice, if you're, you know, all the habits that I'm going to share with you in the next series like investing yourself, being creative, going outside, talking to plants, praying, fasting, all this kind of stuff. If you do a good job with that, you won't get cynical. You just won't because it's in the practice. Cynicism is a practice in and of itself. It's a practice of complaining, of playing it small, of being scarce, of of all these different things we've been talking about. So that's the plus side in a sense. Now, the minus side is if you get to that point and you allow yourself to get jaded and cynical, it's a lot harder to get out because you have trained your mind to think in a certain way. Now, if you're listening to this, chances are you aren't cynical, right? But we are cynical and we have a little bit of cynicism in different areas of our life. So that's really what you want to take a look at is where in my own life do I have a little bit of that going on? Where do I have some limiting beliefs? Where am I being a diffuser in the sense that if somebody know, comes to me with a possibility of something or a new idea and I just kind of shoot it down. Like, well, you know, those are kind of like basically biases that we have. And you want to look for that and prune that from your life. Be more open-minded. And that's each one of these series of obstacles that we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. There's like kind of one general habit that I'm going to suggest for each of them. So the last one we talked about courage and vulnerability were, were the lessons that we learned from scarcity and from complaining and how you can practice that is just by taking risks, being more open with your heart. Well, in this lesson, we're talking more about the mind, you know, attachment and cynicism, that all kind of happens in the mind. And the way to practice these things is by opening, opening your mind. You know, so when we look at forgiveness, again, it's dumping that stuff out of your container, the container of your mind, so you can have an open mind again. When you're cynical, you know, you you see the world as a certain way and you're not open-minded. You don't see the big picture. You don't see possibility. Possibility is openness. It is seeing what's possible, connecting the dots. When you're cynical, you don't see that. It's a very closed mind. So both of these, I would say, imbalances, like cynicism and attachment, are problems that, are, that resemble a very closed and tight mind that's hanging on to a particular piece of information or way of being, limiting beliefs, whatever else. So, the answer, the antidote, is to continually practice 
open-mindedness. You know, the the thing that cynicism teaches us in the book that I, that I go on about is faith. And I'm not saying faith in a religious sense, but really faith in a broader, I believe, I have, I see the bigger picture, I connect to nature, I see the awe, the, the inspiring game that I'm in, that life is a game, that there's purpose to my life, that there's direction, all these things that you can lump into that whole idea of faith and certainty of your own spirit, of your own direction. Because when you're cynical, you're also hopeless. You know, it's a very sad state of affairs, and you're not in a state where you can create very much from that. You're not in a state that you can share with others, that you're very abundant, that you're attractive. There's no wealthy person that's cynical, you know, like super cynical or negative all the time, like unless they inherited their wealth. But if you really created something in your life, any creative person, and they all have the same patterns, which is one of them is to see possibility constantly. You got to see what's possible. And sometimes you pay people for that. Sometimes you listen to podcasts like this. Sometimes you go take courses, you go to seminars, you take experiences to continually eliminate those limiting beliefs and to see what's possible to help you create that future. So cynicism is a big one to avoid. And again, if you do a good job of these other obstacles, you will avoid cynicism. You'll navigate it. It'll never come into being because cynicism is the result, again, of different things uh, piling up, like all these things we're talking about just piling up. So be open-minded. That's what I can share with you today is basically continually open your mind, nurture curiosity, be in awe of nature. All the, many of the habits I'm going to share with you guys in the next series, a lot of them involve connecting to nature in some way, because the ancients had this right. You know, they knew when you connect to nature, you connect to impermanence, to awe, to curiosity, to faith, to seeing the cycles of things. The all the wisdom, all the answers are in nature. So, part of being, uh, let's say, having that faith or having the antidote to being cynical, is to allow yourself to connect to nature and to see the bigger picture. It's all there in front of you constantly, you know. But we just have to pay attention and learn to listen. So. Forgiveness and faith, they are the answers to attachment and cynicism, which are our final obstacles in this four-part series. I hope you've enjoyed this series, guys. Let me know what you think. You could email me at tutor at danceoflife.com. I love sharing this stuff with you. I hope it's inspired you to look at your own life and, again, see which one of these obstacles uh, is dominating your life, which is your go-to. You know, if it's complaining or if it's desensitization or scarcity, where is it that you are naturally diverting to and how you respond to stress, how you respond to obstacles, and how is that impacting your ability to be fulfilled, to be grateful, to seize the moment, seize the day. So again, you have a ton of free resources on the website to help you with that practice, with that self-inquiry on the website. If you go, if you haven't joined my mailing list for this, uh, you can get a basically a free three audio lessons. You get a free workbook to work on if you want to get the book. The book is free. Just pay for shipping, thegratitudemap.com. You can also join the Facebook group. There's a ton of stuff going on in there all the time, daily gratitude practice. So a lot of cool stuff. If you end up getting the courses for the Gratitude Map, uh, the second course, the Principles for a Dynamic Life, that is an absolutely phenomenal course, guys. It's going to change your life. So I truly believe that there's over 
10, 15 years of information that I've literally paid thousands and thousands of dollars for, hours of my life in teaching and coaching and competing, going into this course. So we talk about everything, like everything that I could possibly think of that's changed my life. You know, I've mentioned a few of them throughout this series, uh, but, you know, there's so much info in there. One of them was about forgiveness, those five steps of forgiveness. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff on success, um, basically how to be grateful, how to, you know, accept yourself, how to accept others, how to be productive, how to have great relationships, so much stuff. And really, it's all manner of stuff. There's a lot more stuff on there on the website that will explain what you get in the course. So I don't want to take up too much time, but I hope you've enjoyed it. Check out those resources available to you and let me know how you enjoy this content, this uh, type of stuff, if it's useful for you. And if there's anything that you would like to hear more about in these shows, and these episodes that will help you on your own journey, please don't hesitate to let me know. It's tutor, T-U-D-O-R at danceoflife.com. And I will leave you with that. Have an amazing amazing rest of your day and i'll see you guys next episode where we start jumping into those daily habits starting with investing in yourself so can't wait i'll see you guys soon episodes and weekly content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.